Hey, Inspire Church, it's so good to be able to come to you this morning and share with you the Word of God. I trust and pray that you and your family are really blessed and strong and doing well and that God's favor is upon your lives in spite of having to shelter in place. I trust that this has been a rewarding time for you. You might ask how that would even be possible. But if God is meeting with you in your daily devotions and you're into the word of God and you and your family are better able to spend time together, learn who each other are, get to love each other even more. I think that we can turn what was meant to be harmful to us into a blessing. And I pray that is the case with you. And I miss you so much. I wish that we could come together and worship again as an assembly of believers, a family of believers. Soon we will be able to do that, I know. And I'm telling you, when we do, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait until we are able to join together and give God the praise that he deserves as a corporate body of believers. Now, I want to also point out to you that... These services that we're streaming into your home, they're offered a number of times during the course of a Sunday. There's a Saturday evening service also at 6, but at 9, 11, 6, and 8, we invite you to join us. The Spanish service at 2.15, and then, of course, the Tuesday night Spanish Bible study, that's at 7, and also the English-speaking Bible study at 7 on Wednesday night. Between all of these different things, that we're offering, we trust that you're getting a lot of the good word of God because, as I've already pointed out, that is what sustains us. Many people are commenting about the daily text messaging uh, services that we're using and the devotionals that we're sending out every day. I write a devotional for every single day, and then we pray together in that devotional, and then we also listen to a worship song together so that we can all be on the same page. I hope that you're doing that with us. And I just wanted to mention that before I get into the Word of God this morning, or in your case, it might be the afternoon or the evening. I'm beginning a new series today entitled Sheltered in Place. Before this pandemic broke out, I was actually in a series that I called Redefining Normal. I had no idea how prophetic that particular series was going to prove to be. They're now telling us that there will be a new normal after this pandemic has ended, that things will probably never quite be the same as they were before. I want to encourage you before I get into the word of God in this new series to first of all, realize this with me, that no matter if there is a new normal, that God's still in control. He's the same God that he has always been. He's just as committed to you in tomorrow as he was yesterday and today. And you're going to make it through this fine. I promise you, God's got this covered. His love for us doesn't depend upon who we are, where we are, or what's going on around us. His love for us depends upon who he is. And he is faithful. So, for several weeks here in America... Now, we have been told and instructed by the authorities to shelter in place. They don't want us to get out and congregate in groups of people that number more than 10 or to move around a great deal unnecessarily in the community. And that is for a very good reason. 
They don't want this disease to spread. This COVID-19 has been very catastrophic and devastating for people who are older or for those who have underlying causes of morbidity, comorbidity it's called. And for those people, it's really a devastating experience to get this disease. And even for some who maybe are younger and quite well, always thought they were strong. It's important that we not spread this disease to others. And so we are told to shelter in place. And we look forward to the day, as I've already stated, when that will not have to be the case. But I want you to realize that all of this social distancing and everything else that's going on is going to someday come to an end. And when that does, you'll be able to spend time with your family and friends once more. Speaking of social distancing, I heard about a guy who claimed the devil whispered in his ear one day, you aren't strong enough to withstand this storm. And the guy answered back and said, go stand six feet away from me, you idiot. You're too close. Haven't you heard of social distancing? And so social distancing is indeed a very real factor in our lives right now. But believers know that in times like this, that we have a shelter that we can go to that is impervious to the attacks and the storms of life. We can find shelter from not only the storms of life, but the stresses of life as well. We have learned that we can shelter in God, and there is no better shelter than the Lord. Listen to what David said to God in Psalm 61 in verse 3. You have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. God's presence is a shelter that provides us refuge, not just from the ordinary stresses of everyday life and the things that come up in the course of an eventful week, but God also is a source of refuge for us during those times that we will probably see very few of, maybe only once or twice in the course of our lives that they are so severe. The shelter I'm talking about can withstand the pressures of storms like that too. Look at the word of God with me, if you would, in Genesis 22, verse 1 through 2, and then verse 9. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here am I. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Then they came to the place of which God had told him and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. I want you to notice in particular the words from verse 9, and Abraham built an altar there. My subject today in the first message I want to preach in this series entitled Sheltered in Place is this, how to build a meaningful personal altar. The strength of your personal relationship with God is your personal altar. Altars in the Bible have always been of extraordinary significance to those who built them. They are, are of immeasurable importance. There was the altar, for example, that Abel built 
where he found favor in the eyes of God. And his sacrifice was accepted. There was the altar that Noah erected after lowering the gangplank and descending from the ark where his life and those of his family members had been spared during the devastation of the flood. Out of gratitude, he built an altar of thanksgiving to God. There were the altars that Abraham built. Most importantly, the altar on Mount Moriah. That stands out as one of the most significant in Scripture, and that's the one I've mentioned in our text. When you study these altars that Abraham built, you will come to better understand the statement that Abraham was the father of the faithful. In this study, you will also begin to understand how he came to be known as a friend of God. Then there was Jacob's altar at a place called Luz that afterwards would call, was called Bethel, where God appeared to him in a dream. And then what of the altars that David built? And then Solomon. Or the altar on Mount Carmel that Elijah built, where he challenged the prophets of Baal as they prayed to try to call fire down from heaven. Elijah demonstrated at that altar who was the true and the living God, the one that was worthy of our worship. You see, altars represent our personal devotion. An altar is even more important now that we as believers cannot assemble together for corporate worship the way we always have. It's the first time in history we haven't been able to do this. Always in the past when there has been a great crisis, believers have come together to pray. Not only have they come together to pray in times of crisis, they've been called together by national leaders during times of really severe testing in terms of what our nation was going through. In the previ previous times of crisis, we have been assailed by forces that, that sometimes the only way we got through those things was prayer. Our grandparents prayed us through things like the previous world wars. Our great-grandparents, our mom and dad prayed us through things like recessions and so forth. And our leaders would issue a call to pray during those times. I remember the, some of those. I was young enough to be a part of some of that. And I remember those times very well. We've always been able to come together to call upon God. But not now. There is a need for us in this crisis to grow our personal relationship with God and our own devotional lives. You see, with the availability of great churches on almost every corner in our cities, if we encountered challenging times, it was always easy to go to the house of God and join him with other believers and, and worship God. And we could literally hitchhike on their prayers and the worship of all of the people who were there. We can't do that now. And this has actually highlighted one of the problems of having great churches all around us anytime we needed them. And that is that many believers have not developed their own personal altar of devotion to God. They haven't needed to. I mean, to be honest, you could go to church and you could hear some of the greatest music that exists in the world. I mean, on a par with music that had come out of Nashville or any other part of our nation. You could hear great preaching, great worship, 
and it was uplifting and inspiring. And what happened is, is that for many of us, our devotional life would peak on Sunday and then go into gradual decline and taper off until the following Saturday. And then on Sunday, peak again and go back into another decline through the rest of the week. Because people didn't really need to build or have their own personal altar. But in this crisis, we're having to learn how to seek God for ourselves We can't come to church and maybe, just maybe in the middle of all of this, what the voice of the Lord is saying to the church is, church, you learn to rely upon everybody else's ability to bring you into my presence. But now I want you to come to know who I am. I want you to connect with me. I want you to have a relationship with me. And that's why this message is so important today. If you really want to learn the benefit of sheltering in place and finding the refuge that that exists in the storms of life that is impervious to the attacks of the enemy, you need to have a personal altar. And so what's happened now is that we are not able to gather together in groups of 10 or more. And we're having to worship at home and watch church over the streaming services And while that is wonderful and we enjoy that and we're even going to continue that after this ordeal has come to an end, the simple truth of the matter is it's highlighted an important area of need in our lives as believers. It really, really has. God, help us to connect with you in the middle of all of this in a way that is meaningful. I pray that God will help us all to rediscover what real commitment to him means and build an altar that is vibrant and alive. If we do, the truth of the matter is this horrific epidemic, as terrible as it has been, that was meant by the enemy to harm us, that God can actually use this to be of some benefit to us. And I'm not talking about the loss of life, which has been tragic. God's not in that. But we might personally be able to receive something out of this instead of it stripping everything away. Think about it, beloved, because God wants to connect with us. I'm absolutely sure of this one thing, that you can have an incredible altar that is meaningful with God. You can have a personal altar that is vibrant, rich, and alive. You see, God will meet with you just like he did with Abraham at the altar that Abraham built. Just like he did all of the others who built altars that we read about in the Bible. He really is no respecter of persons. Abraham isn't the only one that can build an altar. You can too. And to build a great personal altar and therefore a great devotional life, you begin by doing four things. These four things have always been associated with altars in the Bible. They are worship, prayer, the word, and giving. Now, to become a committed disciple of Jesus, you would actually need to add several other things to that list, such as being faithful in church attendance, serving others, evangelism and missions, and having a faith-filled confession, and then renewing your mind by changing your thinking from the broken concepts of this fallen world into the life-giving principles of the kingdom of God. 
You would need to add those to truly become a disciple of Jesus. But these first four things that I've mentioned, worship, prayer, the word, and giving, are really what altars were always and still are all about. And doing them will get you far down the road toward a great and a satisfying devotional life. I want to warn you now, though, that a great devotional life is addictive. Many people misunderstand that. They don't realize the joy that comes from being connected to God, practicing the presence of God, walking in his divine presence. And they think, well, it's going to cost me time or it's going to be dull or it's going to be boring. Not in the slightest, I promise you. Once you begin to become a committed believer by building a devotional altar that is personal and rich, I promise you, you will never want to go back. But I have to also caution you, if you do, you're not going to want to stop there. You're going to want to go ahead and become a full-fledged disciple of Jesus. So just let me offer that word of warning to you. So first, let's talk about worship. When Abraham built the altar that we read about in our text, it was so he could worship in Genesis 22. When they came to the base of Mount Moriah, this is what Abraham told the servants who were with him. He said, you stay here. The lad and I are going to go yonder and worship. Worship always elevates you. They were going to climb the mountain. And whenever you get up in the presence of God, it is a life transforming experience. Personal altars are about worship. Worship is a word that is a liter- literary device that is called a portmanteau. If you don't know what that is, that's a new word formed by combining two other words and also combining their meanings. Worship is formed from the old English style of greeting your worth worship that was used to address royalty. Your worship was actually a shortened form of two different greetings. One was your worthiness and the other is your lordship. And so worship therefore means giving to God the worth that our Lord deserves. Your worthship. Altars are also about prayer. And that's the second thing that has always been associated with altars. You can't have an altar if you don't pray. I promise you, you can't. I was raised by a praying grandmother that prayed like she was going to prayer as her job for the day. I'm telling you, she prayed by the hour. And I couldn't stand it as a small child because I didn't know Christ. But I grew to love the fact that I have been trained by somebody, raised in a home by somebody that had a connection with God Almighty. Worship will change your life and prayer will too. I'm going to help you pray a devotional type prayer in just a few minutes when I finish this message. So we'll come back to this in just a moment. The third thing that you always saw at an altar was sacrifice. That's giving. They always gave something. And many people shy away from altars simply because altars are about sacrifice. But that's because they haven't learned the truth about what really happens when you give something to God. When you give something to God, you never lose it, ever. You always get it back with much, much more than what you gave. Abraham went to give Isaac to God as a sacrifice, but God gave Abraham 
Isaac back into his arms. And because Abraham gave Isaac to God, God activated the promise that he had made to Abraham to make his descendants as numerous as the sand by the seashore and as plentiful as the stars of heaven. One boy caused all of that to take place because Abraham gave him to God. And God turned right around and gave him back. So Abraham not only got back what he gave to God, he received like a zillion times more than he ever gave to God. And that brings me to the fourth thing about altars. If you're going to build a great personal devotional altar... You need to understand this too, that the word of God is always a part of a devotional altar. Amen. For an altar to be significant, you've got to have the word of God there. God spoke to Abraham and Abraham built an altar. It was three days journey from where he lived to go to Mount Moriah. But on the strength of that word, he went forth to obey what God had instructed him to do. You need the word of God every day in your life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. There is a proceeding word, a word that is alive and fresh for you today. And another word that will be alive and fresh for you tomorrow. I like to read from two different translations of the Bible at the same time. And so I use as my standard the New King James Version. And then I'll read all these other more modern translations along with it. And and I'll read through all of them from cover to cover. Because I love the Word of God and I get such sustenance and strength from it. But what I'll do is I'll read something from one of the newer translations and say, Whoa, wait a minute, did it really say that? And then I'll go to the New King James and see what it says. And it's been amazing some of the insights that I've gained from the Word of God. One of my very favorite devotional versions is the Passion Translation. And in just a minute, we're going to close by going to the Passion Translation. What I'd like to do, though, is encourage you to read the Word of God every day. And if you have a hard time reading the Bible and really understanding how to apply that to your lives, do this. Why don't you get one of the devotional guides, a daily devotional? And you can get those online for free. Now, you can buy one, and you and your family, every single day, sit down. Begin the day this way if you can. Read the Word of God together. Dad, Mom, you pray over each other. Pray over your kids. Pray the favor and blessing of God upon their life. Teach them early to build a devotional altar that will be meaningful to them. And I promise you, they'll someday thank you for it, just like I did my grandmother. Amen. As we go to the Word of God, you're probably wondering in the middle of this crisis how to make this time of pressure and stress become more powerful and effective for you. I want you to turn with me to Psalms 139, and we're going to pray that together for a few minutes. And beginning in verse number one, listen to the Word of God. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. There's not one thing hidden in my heart, Lord, that you don't see. And what's amazing is, is that you love me anyway. You see everything about me that's flawed and imperfect. And still, you call me your child. 
Isn't God amazing? You perceive every movement of my heart and soul. And you understand every thought before it even enters my mind. That would be embarrassing to me, Lord, if I didn't know how much you love me. Because I'm enough of a human being that I have thought sometimes that I have to say to myself, what in the world are, are you doing? And get out of here. Get the junk out. You know what I mean? Because we're human. Get cut off in traffic. You'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> Let somebody say something to you that you know that you didn't deserve and be unkind to you. And you feel all that old nature wanting to rise up again. But Lord, you see every bit of that and still love me. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. And you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey begins. I don't know how that affects you, but it it moves me profoundly that God knows exactly where I'm at and what I'm going through before I even begin to go through it. And that means that he's already got it worked out. God's waiting in the future to see me through what he knows is coming and he's going to get me to the other side you don't believe that listen to the next verse you've gone into my future (laughs) to prepare the way and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past God's so good not only preparing the way in front of us but Lord you're also shielding us from the bad decisions that we've made in our past the poor judgment that we've shown not a one of us are proud of everything we've done but yet you shield us and keep us from the harm that would naturally come to us if those things that we did were allowed to come to maturation and fruition with your hand of love upon my life you import a blessing to me oh thank God that your hand is upon us thank you for the blessings that you impart into our life every day you're amazing beyond words God This is just too wonderful, deep, and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. When you begin to pray the word of God, and I'll I'll stop right there, beloved. I, I challenge you to go ahead and pray the rest of the way through that. But when you begin to pray the word of God like that, God's not some distant deity removed in heaven. Hey, you up there, stranger, wherever you are, hey, Uncle God, what? No. God becomes real and meaningful to you because he is alive and in his word. Don't just read the word, pray it. As I'm closing, I also want to invite you that if you're watching this program, you've never given your heart to the Lord before. I pray that you'll open your heart and invite Christ in in just a moment as I pray. To our wonderful family of believers, can't wait to see you again. I'm going to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I pray right now for every person under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you. Save them, Lord. Come into their hearts and lives. 
Fill them with your spirit. Allow them the grace to be able to surrender in this moment of humility and say to you, forgive us of our sins. Be our Lord and Savior. And then write their name in the book of glory, I ask. And Lord, I pray that you will keep your hand upon every precious child of God that is watching this program. And teach us in this dark time to build a meaningful altar of devotion where we can meet with God and shelter in place in time of distress and in times of storm. We trust that you're doing that in Jesus' name. And again, if you just made the decision to serve Christ, would you contact the link on the bottom of the screen or call the number that you see on the screen and let us know. We'd be so happy to hear from you. And also, we pray that this will not be the end of your relationship with God. Rather, go on to do three other things. Go on and be baptized and become a full-fledged disciple of Jesus Christ. Go ahead and be filled full of the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that you can have the power to face whatever comes your way. And then the third thing is that you would also find a place where you can begin to worship, get involved and get engaged in a Bible study and become a true follower of Jesus. I promise you, you won't regret it. I love you so much. God bless you in Jesus name.